You are listening to Scale Your Freelancing Podcast with your host, Satya Perna. Every week, we bring you inspiring messages and interviews to help you scale your freelance business to six figures while creating more freedom than ever before. Thanks for joining us today and let the show begin. Welcome to Scale Your Freelancing Podcast. This is your host, Satya Purna. And today I'm being joined by Kate Bagoy. Is that, did I say your last name correctly? You did. Thank you. Okay, great. <laughs> and she's a fantastic business coach for freelancers and consultants who want to scale to fix six figures. And she's also a Forbes Business Council business coach. Is that correct? That is correct. I'm great. a member of the Forbes Councils. Yeah, amazing. So I'm super excited to have Kate here today. And it's I just figured out just before we got on this call and started recording that she loves to travel like me too. And she <laughs> you know, travels half the time as well, which I adore. So I'm looking forward to chatting about all the things. So thank you for joining yeah. us. Kate. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. I wish we were traveling, but yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's start with that, right? If you could be traveling, where in the world would you be right now? Probably anywhere except Arizona. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's a lovely place to be, um, but it's it's not where I want to be. Um, I have been looking at possibly going back to Mexico City for a little bit, um, and I have not spent a lot of time in South America, so that's on my short list for hmm. hopefully later this year. Uh, um, maybe uh, Medellin, Colombia, or uh, Buenos Aires. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, I've always wanted to go to South America as well, but. I mean, I'm based all the way in Asia, so it's a really long flight. Like it's about, I think it's about between 24 and 36 hours is probably the shortest flight to South America, but it was, it was actually on my plan to get there because uh, before the pandemic started, I was traveling for six months, but the original plan was to travel for a year. And in yeah. that one year, I wanted to make it to like, you know, go to Europe, then go to North America and then go to South America. Like that was kind of the plan. Uh, but obviously pandemic had a different, different plan for all of us. <laughs> It did. And, you know, be careful with that because that was my intention too. I left the U.S. in uh, January of 2017 to travel with remote year with the intention of spending a year. And then I traveled full-time for three and a half years. Um, and so be careful. You, you know, if you, if you keep going, uh, you may not come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is like, genuinely though because I was living in Singapore for for over a decade and I love it like I love Singapore it's like I love the fact that my business is based there because the paperwork and the taxes and everything is just so damn easy and I pay like literally I pay such a ridiculously low amount in taxes that I think anybody heard about it they would be like that bitch like I can't believe she pays that little in taxes that but, is intriguing to hear because I always heard Singapore was fairly expensive to establish a business but I love Singapore so not hmm. at all actually I established my business with $65 and so took me $65 to register my business there oh, I'm gonna have to look also, into this I think if you yes you should absolutely look into it Hong Kong is another fantastic place for you to look into um, Hong Kong basically has no taxes at all or very low taxes. I'm not sure. Um, I think they have no taxes. Um, so, but the cool thing about Hong Kong is that anybody can register a business there. Ooh. In Singapore, it's a, it's a little bit, I would say there's a little bit level of complexity if you're not a resident yeah. in Singapore because I'm a permanent resident there so I can register my business with like $65 and do it online. But if you yeah. want to do it through, an, uh, like if you're not a resident in Singapore, you can still have a business in Singapore. You just have to 
register the company through an agency. So you can actually register gotcha. a company through an agency and have somebody be like a local director of your company, which doesn't mean anything apart from like, oh, they can just sign on papers and stuff right. like that. So you can still own the business and have like a local person be a director for you. So it's it's a pretty cool setup. But yeah, look into it if you're if you're keen to. Um, but yeah, it's it's been so uh, interesting that like after 10 years of living in Singapore, like about 11 years of living in Singapore, I just got that feeling like I have to travel. And I, I mean, yeah. I did travel when I was living in Singapore as well, because it's it has one of the biggest airports in the world. And it's like supremely well connected mm -hmm. before the pandemic. It was supremely well connected. Um, and it's. Uh, but yeah, like the six months that I did get to travel, it was freaking magical. I was genuinely like, holy shit, like, is this what I've been missing out on? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I love to travel. It's I'm missing it really badly right now. So me too, me too, for sure. So, so let's talk about business and traveling, right? Because actually, we've never talked about this on this podcast before. So I'm oh, glad okay. that you're into traveling too. So this will be a brand new topic for uh, for the humans. Okay, so you mentioned that you started traveling in 2017. So how long have you been running your business? Um, so I've been working, I've been self-employed since about 2015, um, but I pivoted and I had actually decided to start my coaching practice about two months before I left the world to go travel, which in hindsight was not the best idea. Mm -hmm. um, but I built my entire business while traveling and, and that works for me. And, and now I'm kind of focused more on the, on folks like ourselves that want to build a lifestyle business. Uh, I call my, my clients, I call them my creative corporate burnouts. They're, they're usually kind of mid-level career and they've been slaving away in tech or corporate and they just don't want to do it anymore. They don't want to do the cubicles or whatever. Some of them want to be digital nomads like myself and some just want to work from home in their pajamas, you know, and not deal with the, the BS. Um, so yeah, I've been fully self-employed while traveling. Mm -hmm. um, I built this business entirely online while living and working in about 25 different countries. Amazing. I love that. And so were these 25 different countries, like, are they spread all over the world or like, where did you spend most of your time? They're all over the world, but I, uh, so I, as I said, I, I had joined a company, there's a company called Remote Year for anybody that's not heard of it. And they oh, yeah. basically put together a group of people that commit to traveling the world together. Amazing. Um, I did not do the full year. I had signed up for the full year and I ended up leaving because the one month shift was just too hard and I was growing a business and it was just, it, it wouldn't work from, for me from an energy standpoint, but then I kept traveling on my own. Um, so we started in Asia. I was in Asia for about four months and then I was in Australia for a brief while. I was in Europe for a while, um, back to Asia, back to Europe, back <laughs> all over the place. Um, about the only place I didn't make it on that trip was to South America and Africa. So <laughs> amazing. I love that so much. Yeah. I've, I've not been to South America or Africa either, but it's like, it's definitely on my list. It's just, I have, I have friends who love both South America and Africa and they've just spent a lot of time there and they mm -hmm. just keep raving about it. So this, I hope this pandemic goes away pretty soon because we can all get back to that. <laughs> yes, me too. I want to book a flight. <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to use my my travel credits. I had I uh, I have a ticket to Europe that I was supposed to go oh, see Tony Robbins last year in the UK, and then uh, everything shut down. Obviously. Oh and yeah. So, mm -hmm. no, yeah. No, no for sure. I was so pissed as well because one of the places that I loved a lot when I was traveling was Turkey. Have you been to Turkey? Uh, I've only spent the night in Turkey, so no, <laughs> not really. Oh, goodness, it is seriously like the 
I, it's my favorite place in the world. Like Istanbul is my favorite place in the world. Uh, I have like I've been to around 20, 25, 27 countries too. I don't know the exact number. It's anywhere between 25 and 27. I've been to around 27 countries too. But my favorite place in the whole world was Istanbul in Turkey. It was so freaking cool. Like it's just so interesting because I feel like Istanbul has everything. Like if you want a party vibe, it has it. If you want history, it has it. It's got culture. Yeah. It's got, you know, cool people. It's got amazing food. Like seriously, like best food ever and it's just so magical and people are genuinely so friendly and so nice and it's so funny because when I was in the U.S. uh, I was in the U.S. before I went to Turkey and everybody was telling me like you gotta be careful you know it's like Turkey is supposed to be a dangerous place and literally I was like um I got harassed in Turkey fewer times or actually zero times whereas I got harassed in the U.S. like way more than I got harassed in Turkey so what you gonna do about it but it's like yeah I got chased down the street by a homeless person in the U.S. like yeah. it has never happened to me anywhere else in the world not even India so sadly <laughs> I am not surprised <laughs> oh. but yeah it's honestly it's my favorite place in the whole world so I was there in like uh, September October of like 2019 and in my head I was like oh you know I love it it's so amazing I love spending my one month in Turkey and I was like you know what going to be back in the spring like I'm going to be back in April and I'm going to spend like three months I'm going to get a three-month visa and just like chill out yeah. and the best time in Turkey and then the pandemic happened in March and I was like you gotta be yeah. fucking kidding me <laughs> yeah so yeah like I still keep thinking about like I want to go back to Turkey because it was so beautiful and I met this incredible lady who kind of adopted me as her daughter (laughs) she's so sweet she still texts me like more than a year and a half later being like hey how are you and she's like 60 or something and she keeps telling me like you have to come back to turkey to meet me and i was like you're right i do have to come back to turkey to meet you nice so yeah i'm I'm so bummed that like i couldn't go back to turkey in the spring and like now it's like spring is coming up again and i'm like ah i wish i could go right now like that would just be so great (laughs) i hope yeah i know (laughs) Anyway, so coming back to like building your business while you're traveling, right? What do you think is like the biggest misconception or thing that people don't realize about being able to grow up, excuse me, grow their business while traveling the world? Also grow up emotionally, but like grow their business while traveling the world. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, travel does make you grow emotionally, um, as does growing a business. So like if you want an MBA in life, uh, try and build a business while you're on the road. Um, I think, you know, there, there's a lot of things that people don't realize about it. it it's both difficult, um, far more difficult than you think and far easier than you think. Um, you know, it, it just kind of depends on your mindset and, and your background and the business that you're growing. It's challenging for people that are coming from backgrounds where they have not been online a lot and don't right. know how to message and write communications and things of that nature that are compelling to their clients. Uh, it's challenging from an energy standpoint when you're moving around a lot. The digital nomad lifestyle, it's a, it's a little different for everyone, but when you are moving regularly, you what you're unprepared for or what I was unprepared for, let's say, when I was traveling was like the amount of mental overhead that is used up when you land in a new city and suddenly you have to orient yourself and figure out, okay, where can I get groceries? Where can I do this? Um, how do I communicate with my landlord? How do I get a, how do I get a bus pass? Which is sometimes right. is always is like the hardest thing you can do in a new country. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of things that go into your daily life that's just disruptive that mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think I was prepared for it as yeah. 
uh, as I left the country. And so then to be dealing with that uh, pretty constantly and trying to grow the business and it's challenging. So I always recommend that anybody that does want to kind of grow this lifestyle to try to get the business started before you get on the road and have a good solid foundation uh, ahead of you. No, I I think that's fabulous advice. That's really, really good advice because I would say my experience was kind of similar as well. I mean, to be honest, like, okay, because I was making enough money in my business, like I was, I was already running a six figure business when I, I started to travel. It was easier for me in the sense that I just decided to not like cook at all. I was like, I'm just going to eat out. I'm going to find the healthiest places where I can eat out. Uh, Because uh, for me personally, like I love to cook. I love it. It's like, I've been cooking since I was 15 years old. Like I love to cook. That's not the problem. It's not the skill set problem. It's just so much work. (laughs) Like it's literally, and also, also, because maybe I just cook like Asian food more and it's just so (laughs) much work. Like I'm like, the number of ingredients, the number of spices, like good Lord. It's just, it is. And if you're, if you're in a place for a short period of time, you don't often, you don't have a pantry full of staples. So you literally have to buy everything, like including salt and pepper, if you want to make even a basic dish. And I, so I did the same when I was on the road, it was pretty rare that I cooked, uh, unless I was in a place for a couple of months and knew I was going to be there. And and then I would invest in some staples. Um, or you learn how to, how to make some, a, a couple of key dishes that right. just don't have a lot of effort. Yeah. Um, that's another thing about travel is like, you know, if you're staring in, in Airbnbs and that sort of thing yeah. regularly, you just don't know what you're going to get. Like um, I was in Mexico city for three or four months and had a great place there, but the kitchen was actually really not functional at all. It was just, it was poorly laid out. There was about 18 inches of counter space to do all of your prep work. Um, we had one bowl and and one cooking pan and that was it. And so it was just far easier to just go out and enjoy the amazing food yeah. out in the world. No, for sure. But I would say that like, you know, the, the, the good side of that is it's not very time consuming to eat, right? Like you can just buy shit yeah. and eat. The bad side of it is you will gain 20 pounds while you're traveling. <laughs> That was definitely my experience. Like I was like, oh my god! Like, and, and I've never been like a super heavy person in my life. So I was like, and I'm a, I'm very short. I'm very petite. So twenty pounds yeah. is really show. <laughs> like you can yeah. you can tell that there are twenty pounds on you. Like my friend is like really tall. Uh, she's almost like six feet, and she's like, oh my god, I gained twenty pounds too. And I'm like, it's not the same, girl. It's not the same. It's I was like, I, I was like, I'm five three. It's not the same. <laughs> And, and you're taller than me. So yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> 20 pounds really adds up. And, and yeah, I can. And, and then you have to think about sensitivities uh, in terms of cl- uh, there's hygiene issues that you might run into in certain countries. Uh, I got food poisoning really bad, although it was not from food. It was a, a horrible freak accident, but I got very sick with a parasite when I was in Asia. Um, and a lot of travelers get that too. And then you're dealing with that and it's, oh, my gosh there's it's always a surprise um but it's a fantastic growth opportunity uh to travel the world and learn about other people and and really get a different perspective on life and I I think it mellows you a lot um and I think my experience is traveling while I wouldn't necessarily start a new business while on the road the way that I did Mm. um I think it was kind of like a way to really level myself up as a human in a very short period of time for sure. For sure. I, I just agree with that so much because like, now I love this quote, which says travel is the antidote to ignorance. And I think there's for just sure. 
so freaking true. Like it makes you lose all your prejudice really quickly because there's just like so. Yep. For example, like you know, when I was in Turkey, that was around the time where they were having some little troubles with Syria. Oh yeah, it was all over the news, and my parents were freaking out, and they were like, "Oh my god, like Turkey is gonna go to war with Syria and all of that." They never did, obviously. But I was like telling them, like, guys, you have to understand the geography. <laughs> like my parents were like freaking yeah. out. I'm like, I am literally in the northwest. The problem is happening in the southeast. It's literally on the yeah. other side of the country. Like it's yeah. as far as it can possibly be from me. I'm like, please understand. It's not like I'm sitting on the border of Syria waiting for somebody yeah. to bomb me. Like I was like, it's just not happening. Like I was like, everything is fine. Is Istanbul? My parents said, what do you mean everything is fine? I'm like, uh, people are clubbing all night. That's what I mean. Everything is fine. Like, yeah. Like, there's no curfew. There's no nothing. There's like everybody's just having fun. But genuinely, like I felt like. people in turkey were so respectful towards me like i never mm. felt weirded out or like somebody following me or snatching my bag or in none nothing bad happened to me at all people were just supremely nice like even like men that i didn't know they were so respectful they just like even when they ha- wanted to have a conversation they were not like inappropriately hitting on you or anything of that sort it was just beautiful it was really nice yeah. um yeah. and yeah i had like such a wonderful time there but like if i had never been like if i just believe what you read in the news or what oh, yeah. yeah like what your mother is telling you or like what your friends think about a certain country or what their prime minister is like like you can get distracted by like all this bullshit but the oh, thing absolutely. is you never actually know a place until you meet the people there right the people right. is the country like and genuinely i felt like people in turkey were just so fantastic and and same with like other parts of the world too like i was in sweden and everybody was telling me like oh swedes are really cold like you know they're not really friendly i'm like <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? Because when I went to Sweden, everybody was super sweet to me. Like I was like, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about because they were like strangers going out of their way to help me out with stuff. So I was like, I have no idea what you what you mean by Swedes are cold because they were like more yeah. warm towards me. <laughs> I was like, I don't know yeah. what this is. But yeah, I've like, had a lot of experiences like that too. And you know, yeah. I grew up about thirty minutes from uh, the border of uh, the U.S. and Mexico, mm-hmm. and all my life, all I ever heard about was how dangerous Mexico City was, and yeah. you should never go there, and you're not going to be safe. Yada yada yada. I feel far safer in Mexico City than I do in most American cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, there are areas where I know that's not where I belong. There, there are areas that are, you know. controlled by gangs and and right, cartels right. and whatnot. We have that here too in the yeah. US. Exactly. Not the entire giant city and Mexico City blew me away with a it's it's absolutely a stunningly beautiful city uh and there's so much culture and history and then the people are so friendly and warm. It's it was amazing and uh, uh yeah, it was a huge mindset shift um because it was I was kind of scared. I I was traveling in by myself and but all I had heard was these amazing things about Mexico City and so I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. And uh yeah, now I'm like I want to go back to Mexico City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like it's it's just been such a fantastic like you said a growth opportunity as well because number one it like just re- removes prejudice from your life. It just yeah. makes you realize that humans everywhere are more similar than different and they have the Absolutely. same things and they have the same wishes and aspirations and like they all want the same things um yep. and yeah like everybody just wants to be seen and loved that's it like that's what all of us are out here doing like all of us just want to be seen and loved which is like a really beautiful thing and also i felt like the one of the biggest lessons it taught me was that i had a lot of crutches in my life when i was living in yeah. singapore and what i realized after 6 months of being on the road was that i can actually live my life without these crutches right like yeah. i can live my life without the predictability of a routine i can live my life without like 
the same group of five friends who can like uplift yeah. me and comfort me and be there for me i can live my life even if i like or i can be fine even if like you know i don't know anything in a new place or whatever right it's like or you know i arrived in a city in vietnam at the worst time of the year like literally oh, yeah. I, i went to hanoi in vietnam which is like up north yeah uh, in uh, february where it's like cold and misty yeah. all day long like literally it's like there is no sunshine the sun doesn't come yeah. out <laughs> and so okay. i had been in airbnb for like uh, five days and like okay so imagine you are you know okay so you know how when you go see a waterfall like around the waterfall there's like this really fine mist mm-hmm. so when yep. you stand in the mist it's like oh there's mist all around you this is hanoi the entire city is yep. like covered with like really really fine mist and yep. it is so freaking cold that like you feel the cold in your bones because on that mist and i i hate winter so i arrived there and i was like oh my fucking god this was a bad idea like <laughs> i was that moment and then i was like okay so it's five days you can still walk around the city you can still have a good time and then i was like i'm going to just take a flight to like a city which is like whatever 200 kilometers down south and the weather was like beautiful like sunshine and like yeah. all things and so it just makes you kind of realize that life you don't have you don't need to have like all these kind of things in place to be able to just like run your business and live your life like even if nothing else is kind of constant in your life you can actually run a business like i feel like that was a huge lesson for me yeah it is a great lesson and i and i think you also it's an opportunity to discover who you are when you aren't who you've been your whole life like when you take right. yourself out of the context of i'm kate who lives here and i you know for me it was like oh well i'm a designer for a really long time but then i had started this coaching practice and it was like i took away everything that i knew to be true about myself and had to discover who i was at the core mm-hmm. um and form this new identity um and I, it's a, it's a really fun game it's a really great growth opportunity yeah absolutely so Let me see what else what are the questions I have for you because I know we kind of decided like impromptu that we're going to talk yeah. about all of this. Uh, just give me one second. I'm going to let the cat out and I'll be right back. <laughs> Sorry about that. She likes to hide in my room and then so i have the the door closed uh to keep it quiet in here and now she wants out of the room so <laughs> always something with these animals absolutely absolutely so okay what would i what was what would you say is like the number one thing or like the number one um strategy that really helped you continue to grow your business while you were on the road mindset work Um I am all about mindset. I'm I'm about mindset for business. I'm all about mindset for just everything. Yeah. Um <clears throat> resilience comes into play with that of like not giving up when things are hard, uh giving yourself a break, taking a walk, taking a break, whatever uh but come back to it. Um in my opinion that's kind of like the key to success in most things. Um I feel like most entrepreneurs or freelancers that are getting started and get struggled you know they they might have a little bit of success and then they hit a little bit of a wall we call this the valley of despair in the mm-hmm. entrepreneurship world um and they give up that's where we give up um and that's the main reason why most businesses fail so right. it's like don't do that. Uh so mindset, a constant mindset work. I do a lot of uh of reading. I've done some coaching programs, I've done events, that sort of thing, really understanding uh my belief systems and and looking at 
what are the beliefs that are driving my actions and my behaviors or my lack thereof? Hmm. Um, not, you know, oftentimes the reason that we procrastinate or don't do the things we know we need to do to grow is all because we have some sort of false or conflicting belief around what's going to happen when we do. Absolutely. No, I love that so much. Um, and I feel like there's honestly just not enough of this conversation happening in the online business slash freelancing world, because there's always this thing of like, oh yeah, here's how you can use Instagram. Here's the latest hack to yep. use on Facebook ads and like blah, blah, blah. But the one thing that we all kind of, a lot of, a lot of people forget, or at least, you know, even if you've been practicing mindset work for a long time, it's something that you have to remember over and over and over again. It's constant practice, yeah. It's constant practice, right? It's literally constant practice that if you don't work on your belief systems, you're not aware of your belief, what your belief systems are, that means you're basically living your life in like a hypnotized state, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting something to be different. So I Absolutely. do you do you, by the way, follow uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza? Uh, I'm, I've read some of his books. I know who he is. I don't follow him particularly, but uh, okay. yeah, I knew who he is. He has some really fantastic meditation. So I meditate with Dr. Dr. Joe all the time. Like, I love it. Yeah. It's, it's because the reason why I love his, his meditations is because it's also a bit more advanced. Like it's around 75 minutes to 90 minutes, like per meditation. Mm -hmm. So I love that because it's, it just really gives me time to go deeper into my mind and into my own energy and kind of find my security there rather than finding it yeah. in the outside world. But one of the things that he talks about is like, if you try to create a new reality as the same personality, you're going to fail every time. Right? Absolutely. If you're going to be the same person trying to get resu different results, it's not going to work. You're going to have to change who you are as a person, evolve who you are as a person over time only then you can actually create a new personal reality and sustain that reality, right? Because even right now in this pandemic, one of the things that I noticed was that when the pandemic started, I really struggled from like a mental health perspective for about two months. I was like, fuck, because like, you know, it was one of those things where I felt like everything that was dear to me was taken away. Like, you know, yeah. I love traveling, couldn't travel anymore. I, I don't like being in India and boom, I was in India. Like and there was, and, oh, I was living, like at home with my parents, which was like a whole other animal, right? It was like one of those sure. things where I was like, I have not lived in co close quarters with you for like a decade. So obviously I have a different way of living my life. So there were all yep. these, like for the first two months, it was like, it was definitely a jolt. Like it was definitely one of those things where I was like, shit and what am I going to do now because it was obviously a problem that none of us had ever faced before it was like mm -hmm. kind of the next level of mindset work for me as well so I hired a therapist and she helped me like so much like like literally like she kind of saved my business right for sure but what I decided like when this whole bullshit was happening when you know the pandemic just hit and when I was not feeling good I was like you know what I am not going to accept this as an excuse for why I cannot make more money in 2020 than I did in 2019 like this pandemic is not a fucking excuse. I'm not going to let it happen. So in my head, I was like, I'm going to make more money in 2020 than I did in 2019, no matter what. And I did. Like, was the growth like 200%? No, but I did make more money like than yeah. I did in 2019. But at the same time, I think there was also, I'm sure there were a lot of people who just decided, oh, shit, it's I'm a pandemic. Like, I'm yeah. no point even trying. Nobody has yep. money. No point even trying. I might yep. as well just chill out. And, and then, it's it's a belief system that's false. And I see that all of the time. I see yeah. people make these assumptions because they have 
they either have a personal experience that they form a belief on or somebody that they are close to tells them something and they take it as truth. And beliefs are just thoughts you continue to think, right? Um, And they can be changed. And so if you you can evaluate them and find those false beliefs um, and in my experience, creative people tend to have a lot of really crappy beliefs around me. Uh, we we are just inundated with it and then we listen to all of the, these other broke ass freelancers uh, that's what I call them the vocal broke freelancers who are going to tell you how hard it is to find clients and make money as a freelancer and all of that and that is often true for freelancers but it's not because the money isn't there it's not because there aren't high paying clients it's because you're not actually a business person you're running around searching for jobs all the time and yeah. taking these actions that are leading to nobody knowing what you do, why they should hire you, what you're actually good at, uh, any of that sort of thing. Um, and then and then we don't get results and we go, oh, well, freelancing is hard and uh, you should never do it. You're going to work yourself to the bone. Yeah, no, it's, I love that you called it the vocal broke. That is fucking hilarious. I, love, I, think I, I feel like I'm going to steal that from you. That is so good. But you're right. You're so right about that. It's like, the thing is, people who are really crushing it, like people who are making multiple six figures as a freelancer, they're not out there complaining on forums or like, you know, even participating for that matter. They're just out there making money, right? So they're like, they're not showing up in the same places. So it's so easy to kind of just get into that group think of like, oh, this person said I can only charge $80 an hour. And like that person just said that I, um, you know, that I can't be charging more than uh, 2,500 for a website or whatever, right? Like whatever it is that they're doing. But it's all bullshit, right? Like there are people, like I keep telling my clients this, like there are clients at every price point and there are clients everywhere in the world. Like if you think that there's no clients in a different part of the world, like you're just kidding yourself. And I want to give people an example here because this is like a very real example. Okay, so, and I also want to give people an example of how this kind of um, belief system, like you just said, impacts your reality, right? So I was traveling in Vietnam and I was, um, you know, so th- I was in this town called Danang, okay? Danang is like a really small town. It's not very big at all. Uh, okay, <laughs> let caveat. Small town compared to Asia. So that, okay, not compared to like Midwest in the US. Like I'm not talking about like a thousand people. Like there's probably yeah. a couple million people, but that's a small town. <laughs> so I was in this small town called Danang. And I was, you know, uh, there was, I was having this conversation with someone that I met at a networking event. Like there was a digital nomad networking event that I went to yeah. and I was having a conversation with this guy that I met there. And he was like one of the vocal broke people. And he, he's telling me like, oh, Satya, like, where do you eat? And I was telling them like, oh, you know, this, this, this restaurant. And they're like, oh my God, that place is so expensive. They charge like $10 for a salad. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, okay. So what? Like, in my head, I'm like, uh, first of all, I want to eat healthy food. Like, I don't want to gain 50 pounds when I'm traveling like I want to keep that manageable I was like I I want to eat healthy um they have really good ingredients the food is fucking delicious and the vibe is really nice I'm happy to pay ten dollars for a salad yeah this person is like why would you that is so so crazy you know what that that restaurant is run by expats and you're just making foreigners richer and I'm like bro I don't care (laughs) like (laughs) I'm literally like going there to eat because the food is good and of course they hire a lot of Vietnamese people so I was like I, I genuinely don't care, but they do hire a lot of Vietnamese people. So I was like, okay, yeah. what do you want me to do? Like, just because it's owned by an expat, you want me to eat elsewhere? And then this guy tells me, but Satya, why would you spend $10 a meal? You know, you can just go to this, like, you know, tiny little noodle shop and pay like $2 for a meal. And I was like, right. and get a parasite. Like, that's what I was thinking in my head. I was like, <laughs> you know, get a parasite? 
right? Like, no, I don't want to do that, right? And so here's the interesting thing. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road, right? So there's this vocal broke guy who is eating at $2 uh, a meal kind of noodle shop. And I choose to eat at a $10 uh, per salad place, right? It's like, and I, I love the food there. I keep going back there, right? So I was traveling in, so I, I just got this inspired idea, like, oh, I want to go to uh, Hoi An, which is this other town, which yep. is near Danang. Uh, so I was like, I want to go to Hoi An uh, for like a couple of days and like just check. It's very touristy, but I was like, I'm going to go check it out. So I did the same thing when I arrived in Hoi An. I looked at the, fa- the fancy salad shops and I found a place which sells $10 salads and I decided to go there, right? Sitting next to me was this wonderful lady and we just ended up becoming, becoming friends, right? And so she was telling me about like, and so she just looked like a European traveler. I was like on my laptop doing my thing and she started talking to me and she tells me, oh, I'm from Germany. I, I was traveling in India. So she's like, are you Indian? I'm like, yep. So we started having this conversation about like Joe Dispenza and meditation and India and quantum physics and spirituality and like all <laughs> things. So we're having the best time talking about it. And she's like, oh my God, I didn't even ask you, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm like, you know, I have uh, two sides of my business. I'm a copywriter. I'm also a business coach. I teach people how to grow their business, but I've been a copywriter for the last, like, whatever, five years. And then this woman is like, holy shit, you're not going to believe this. I've been looking for a copywriter for my website for the last, like, six months. I've never found anybody who is good enough. And she's like, I love you. I love your energy. I want to work with you. How much is it? And I was like, yeah, for like uh, this many pages of website, it's $10,000. And she's like, okay, cool. Can you just send me an invoice right now? And I was like, okay, sure. I sent her a PayPal invoice three, like a few minutes later, she just makes the payment. And this was the easiest sale I have ever had in my life. And I wasn't even selling. I was out there having fun, but I just want to highlight this. She would never eat in a $2 noodle shop and neither would I. Correct. So if I chose to go to a $2 noodle shop just to save money, or if I came from that scarcity mindset of like, why should I spend $10 when I can just spend $2? I would never meet the caliber of people that I want to work with and I want to hang out with. Now, does that mean that I make money every time I go to eat lunch? No, <laughs> but the point is that like, I do meet cool people who are ready to play the game at a much higher level, who are not the vocal broke, right? So like this, I feel like this is such a very tangible example of what it means. And it's like, I'm not saying that go hang out in expensive coffee, sh- coffee shops and hunt for clients there. That's not the strategy. But the point is that there are literally people who can afford what you're selling at any price point in any place. So it's yeah. like, if you're making excuses about how nobody in Vietnam can afford your um, packages, if you're making excuses about like people who are traveling cannot afford your packages, if you have making excuses that like, oh, you should just eat at a $2 restaurant because eating at a $10 restaurant is too expensive. I'm like, I just made 10 grand and I can eat a whole lot of $10 salads from that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you can elevate your network. You know, I talk about this a lot as well. You know, when I, when I do talk to you, uh, junior freelancers, we'll call them, uh, newer freelancers, they're yeah. often really focused on what everybody in their, what their peers are doing. Yep. Stop listening to your peers yes. for business advice. Start listening to the people that are ahead of you, the people that are successful. And you were hundred percent right when you said earlier, we're not wasting our time on dribble, pushing pixels or whatever, trying to impress our fellow copywriters, designers, consultants we are out there talking to clients that's why we are six-figure freelancers right and I hear that all all this time like oh I spent all this time on my portfolio well a portfolio is designed to get you a job do you want a job or do you want clients right that's not what you need right start listening to people that are further ahead of you yeah for sure and I you're you're so right about that because I think if you keep listening to your peers, actually, to be honest, I would say, I would just add one more layer to it and say, be very, very, very careful who you listen to. 
period like, yes yeah even if people are ahead of you that doesn't mean that they they always have it right that doesn't mean that they are worth listening to because there are a lot of people who are ahead of you who are doing really shitty stuff like there are a lot yep. of people who are ahead of you who are dishonest there are a lot of people who are ahead of you yep. who are who are running businesses that you don't have any interest in running right let's like yep yeah like unfortunately there are actually some really really well named copywriters somebody that if i mentioned the name everybody would know who this person is and i've had a one hour session with her and i walked away completely disappointed because she did jack shit like she has a fantastic reputation but when i actually got into a one hour session with her i'm like are you kidding me like i do more for my clients in a one hour session than you do and she's a seven figure copywriter right like she's if she's everywhere she's very famous all of those things but just because somebody is everywhere and they're famous doesn't mean that they're actually good So yep. yeah, be very careful. I know that as well. I get a lot of clients from a very well-known business coach who or or online course provider. Uh, I get a lot of people that come to me after they do that program uh, who got zero results. Exactly. Uh, this person is a far better cheerleader than they yeah. are actually. There's no business strategy, and so people yeah. come out of this amazing program that they pay a couple grand to be a part of, and then they go, "Well, I still have no fucking idea how to build a business or get clients, but I'm excited about it." Yeah. Um, and yeah, that you know, you have to be careful who you're listening to. Not only um, are there a lot of people out there that just are selling garbage yeah. um, and are are manipulative and whatnot, um, there are a lot of people that have their own belief systems that are wrong. I I hear all the time. Oh well, I asked my spouse, mom, dad, sister, cousin, uncle for advice, and he said X. Why are you asking your uncle the plumber about your copywriting business, right? Stop taking yeah. advice from people that do not do what you want to do. Yeah. Find somebody who is doing what you have you want to do and ask that person for advice. Yeah. Uh, but don't take it take it with a grain of salt too because they have their own belief systems they have their own processes like you need to find the things that work best for you. And this is all mindset around like not comparing you or your business to the outsides of somebody else's. I know a ton of people that come to me and they have beautiful brands, hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers and all of that and they are baroque as fuck because they never learned how to actually monetize their business. They ever they never actually learned how to sell. They never had a strategy. Yeah. And so they work 60 hours a week uh, this constant hustle, but it's all unfocused and scattered. Yeah. Um and this is the funniest part by the way is that people are so quick to judge someone's business using vanity metrics so i was so this yeah. is a funny thing that happens Very i had good. a troll last month i had a troll last month and i was having quite some fun with it i was like having a lot of fun with this troll right so cuz i was like you know what dude you're some random human on the internet i really don't give a shit about your opinion like i give a shit about my clients who are killing it right like i yeah. give a shit about these people i do not give a shit about you random stranger on the internet and i was promoting like you know um this this training where i was like oh you know i'll teach you how to make $25,000 per month or more in your business right so this woman comments and says um i don't believe that you're making that much money you only have 600 something followers on instagram i was right. like um are you going to yeah, judge because i'm busy doing client work yeah i was like you be worried about my likes yeah i was like so you are going to i was like are you judging me by by instagram followers or are you judging me by my stripe account because i think you should be judging me by my stripe account like i was like you yeah. and you have no idea what my stripe account looks like and i was like sweetheart poor baby it's going to blow your mind when you look at my stripe account like i was like and i was just telling her i was like i have so my business coach makes about 10 million dollars a year she has only 8000 followers on instagram What do you think she's doing? Is she sitting on Instagram waiting for her uh, for her likes and followers to grow? 
fuck no she's too busy making 10 million dollars a year like she doesn't give a shit about that so i'm like the number one thing i want to tell people is like stop giving a shit about the vanity metrics in your business like your instagram means nothing your email list means nothing like literally all i'm not kidding like from the client who's paid me $5000 $10000 $25000 literally none of them get on my email list right. they never do because they do they're not working with me to get on my email list they're they're paying me money and they're working with me right it's like so that's why i tell my clients as well if you are out there thinking oh but i only have 400 people on my email list that's why i'm not making money not true like you're not making no. money but you're not you don't having have to do with it you don't even have to have an email list. I mean, when I was freelancing, I never had an email list. This was far before. Um, you don't have to have a video. You don't have to have a fancy funnel. Like you, you need to know what you're selling. Yeah. You need to know what they're actually buying because they're not buying what you're selling. They're yeah. not buying, right? You know this, and I'm sure your clients know this, but so many people don't understand this. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be Instagram famous. You don't have to waste your time. Like I know coaches that make 500 grand that literally are not on social media. Like you can't even find them online. Um, yeah. Those are people that have strong local community efforts or that are involved in accelerators or whatever locally. And they find their clients that way. Like there's no one size fits all way to build yeah. the business. Um, and yeah, we have such a, a weird obsession with social media and followers. And I've experienced that too. I did, um, I did an AppSumo deal last year when the pandemic hit and I, heard all of the vocals, um, yeah. you know, rendered, oh my God, the sky is falling. We're never going to make any money. Um, yada, yada, yada. And so I decided to put my high-end program on AppSumo, which is kind of a crazy thing to do. Mm. And uh, some of the comments I got were just amazing. People, one, I got a lot of comments around the fact that it's called Six Figure Freelancers and that somehow this is like a huge, massive amount of money, which it is what? not. Oh my God. You're coming out of a corporate job and oh. you're making 60 to 100K a year. 100K is like barely going to cover your salary, right? Yeah. Um, it is not massive about the money, but there are so many freelancers that seem to think that this is just astronomically mind-blowing amounts of money um, and that it's bragging and it's all of this shit. And then I got, oh, well, she's only got, um, I don't know, it was like 900 followers on Facebook because I don't spend any time on Facebook. I hate Facebook. I would, I would rather actually never be on there. I'm on there because I'm in some groups and I had a group. Uh, but yeah, somebody was like, well, I'm not going to join. Clearly, this is a uh, a scammer because she's not, she doesn't have 25,000 followers or 250,000 followers on Facebook. They're, I don't want to be a social media queen and I don't want to be famous. I didn't start a business to become famous. Um, I got into business to help people uh, and to support myself. Yeah, that's it. And I love that. I love that you have so much clarity about it because I'm the same way. Like I have no interest in being Instagram famous. Like mm -mm. I have, a, I have someone on my team who manages my Instagram, but I can promise you if that person was not there on my team, that there would be nothing happening on Instagram. There would be literally zero zilch, nothing happening on Instagram. He's like, Sadia, it's such a great platform to grow your business. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, you know, you can take care of it. I was like, you can do it. I'm not going to do it, but like, you can do it. So I have someone on my team who does my Instagram, but it's, and that too, it's like, you know, it's not where my focus is, right? My focus is on growing my, my revenue. My focus is on growing, helping more clients. My focus is on improving my mindset and my own uh, freedom level in my life. Like that's what I'm focused on. But yeah, like you have, I think we were talking about this in a previous episode of the podcast as well, just that you have to decide what success looks like for you. And yes. for some people, success looks like having a half million followers on Instagram. For me, I don't give a shit about that. For some people, Same. success looks like wearing head to toe Chanel. It does, does not look like that for me. I think it looks tacky Same. as fuck. Like my body is not a 
billboard for like a brand to advertise on. I'm sorry. It's like, that's the way I think about it. It's like, so if you are trying to live somebody else's life, like if you look at somebody on Instagram and say, oh, you know, look at this woman, she's wearing head to toe Chanel or look at this woman who has half a million followers then you're building a business that you don't really want. Like if I did yep. that, then I'll be building a business I don't really want. Like if that is something you truly want, you want to be covered head to show in Chanel, knock yourself out. Like, you know, you can ask me to do that too. But yep. it's, it's just one of those things. Like if you are all just building businesses based on what other people are doing or what your uncle is doing as a plumber or whatever, like you're, you're never going to be happy with your business. So be careful who you listen to. And I'm very, very unapologetic about the fact that yes, I don't have too many followers on Instagram and I don't give a shit because it's never been a roadblock for me to have like a $25,000 a month, $35,000 a month, $50,000 a month. Like if it has not, if my Instagram following and my email list has not affected any of those things, then it does not need to affect like my business going forward. Like it's just, yeah. Absolutely. Blows Absolutely. <laughs> the rant, the anti-social media. Um, I, I feel like I'm, this is, I don't know, my fourth or fifth podcast in the last 30 days where this has come up of like this weird thing we have around social media and, and this this comparing ourselves to other businesses and all of that and yeah it, it's one of the things that I have all of my clients do they start off with some mindset work around what they really want because yeah. a lot of times you know I might ask you what you want in your life and you have some things that you say but when you if we really dug into it a lot of times we're inheriting things we want yeah. um or we're, we're saying these are the things we want when really what we're saying is this is what I feel like I should do somebody yeah. told me I should be this or that and we get lost we get caught up in this chasing of these things and then we wonder why we're not having success you yeah. probably have an internal belief uh or or an internal conflict there so it's like oh well somebody said I should do x y and z like I have a client right now with it. I've had this conversation with her two or three times like she keeps coming up with this I have to make a video thing and it's like no you don't there is no rule that you have to have a video on your website. Like, let that shit go. Just because one person said you had to. Is video great? Absolutely. Is it a great way to fast forward the trust building process between you and a potential client? Absolutely. Do you have to have one? No. You can have a client without a website, without any social media. You can meet somebody in the parking lot of the Safeway and yeah. start a conversation and have a client. As long as you know what you're offering, you know how to talk about what you do, and you have a way for them to pay you. That's all you actually need in business. Um, but that said, if you go into business not knowing what your exit plan is, what your goal is for that business, you're very likely to find yourself stuck in a business you hate yeah. in a couple of years. So true. Like, so true. And I love what you said about like, you know, that stories in our head of what we think we should do. Um, and I'm going to share something that I, I don't think I've shared with anybody um, on like, well, on the podcast for sure, but I don't think I've shared with anybody outside, like my best friends. Uh, but like, you know, we also are carrying the expectations of society at large. So for yeah. example, I'm a woman of color. I am expected to talk about certain things. I'm expected yeah, yeah. to be angry about certain things. And I am like, obviously when it comes to like, you know, these poor Asian <laughs> women who are being shot in the US and stuff like that, of course I give a shit. Of course it breaks my heart. Of course I'm heartbroken. And so recently I, I was like, you know, really pissed off about cultural appropriation. Like all the white women who are talking about yoga and completely butchering it. And like basically, you know, doing whatever the fuck they want with it because they think it's like yeah. an exotic concept and that doesn't mean anything to like millions of people, actually billions yeah. of people. Um, like they're, they're just kind of, they're butchering it, right? So I got really mad. I did this video about cultural appropriation. And then there were like a whole bunch of people who came out and said, can you come to my podcast and talk about it? And my podcast and talk about it. And there was just all these people who were asking me to talk about it. 
at the same time, I was also getting trolled and criticized on the internet by mm. random entitled white men who have no idea what the fuck they're talking about, who were calling me a <laughs> Hindu supremacist, uh, who were calling me a uh, Hindu princess, uh, who were calling me like similar names, right? And I laughed it off because I was like, sweetheart, I grew up in a very, very, very middle-class family in the US, excuse me, in, the, in India. <laughs> I grew up in a very, very, very low middle-class family in India. A one-income family in a tiny home of three daughters, and I'm the last child, I still have student loans I'm paying off. So no, yeah. you don't get to show up and tell me that like I lived a woke Hindu princess yeah. life because I fucking did it, okay? I was like, yeah. if you see me living a good lifestyle right now, you better believe that I earned every single dollar that goes into it. I have gotten zero dollars in inheritance from my parents. I've gotten no, there's no Hindu princess vibe going on here. I have bought everything that I own with my own money and my own effort. So it's like, if you are jealous that I have a fantastic lifestyle, that's on you. But please don't assume for even a second that my parents gave it to me because they did it. Like I earned it every, uh, every single thing myself. But after going through this experience, and to be very honest with you, I'm a very um, energetically sensitive person. I'm very empathetic. Um, I really yeah, protect yeah. my energy a lot. And I know that I like, I know what I need to be in a good, safe space emotionally. Okay. And having that conversation was not conducive to that, that anymore. So I yeah. sat with me myself at the moment and I was like, okay, Satya, like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you doing it? Why are you talking about this topic? And is this something that you really want? And the conclusion that I came to was that I don't want to be an activist anymore. I want to be an investor. I don't want to be Greta Thunberg. I don't want to be shouting at the internet all day long about things that piss me off genuinely because it is not supportive and conducive to my energy. And yeah, my obligation is to myself. Like if I'm drowning, I have nobody to save. I don't have any resources to save, right? I can't be drowning in this anger and rage and frustration and all of that that's happening absolutely. on the internet. And I absolutely do not have the bandwidth to deal with idiots who want to call me a Hindu supremacist on the internet. Like I have fucking no tolerance for oh, that shit, right? Good. And I was yeah. like, you have no idea who I am. I was like, sweetheart, you have no idea who I am. So whatever the fuck you're throwing at me is you. That's you. That's on you. Like you have, not, you have no idea who I am. But also on the other hand, I was like, my first obligation is to protect my own energy because if I don't protect my energy, I have nothing to give to the world. And so I, I decided I don't want to be an act angry activist on the internet. I have no interest in being an angry activist on the internet because first of all, there are millions of people who are doing that and they're not missing me, right? Nobody's missing me. But the, on the other hand, the space where enough impact is not happening is that there's not enough money being poured into things that are actually making a difference. So yeah. I came to the conclusion that I don't want to be an activist. I want to be an investor. If I believe in stopping sex, sex trafficking, and I really do, I'm going to make big donations quietly behind the scenes because I want to. Sure, I may talk about it with my clients, the people who are privileged to listen to my story. I will share it with them because they're paying to listen to my story, but I have no interest talking about this on the internet. Like if I yeah. find a topic that is passionate, that I'm passionate about, that really lights my fire, I want to go be an investor in that in that industry. I have no interest in being an activist just for the sake of just being loud and then attracting all these like slew of stupid people who want to say stupid things on the internet. Like I was like, I have no, so this is a kind of decision that I just want people to know that like, that you can take for yourself. Like you don't need to do something just because everybody's doing it. You don't need to be outraged on the internet to be a good person. Like <laughs> I, I just want to make no. that like, very clear. Like you can be a good Absolutely. person. And you, there are millions of ways to be an activist just like that. You know, I hear that a lot too. I, it, there's a lot of um, 
guilt and and shame we have in our culture these days we we live to shame people that's oh, yeah. it's like our entire society at least on social media um and yeah a lot of people are doing you know well maybe i need to just quit my job and go work in washington or or go into politics and it's like well do you really want to be a politician or do you just want to see change because you can inspire change and support change without being an activist yeah, you know, you you can change the world in tiny ways, but it does start with you. You have to focus on your own energy and your own happiness. And the happier you are, the more you affect the people around you and the people that you want to help. You cannot help anybody if you're walking around constantly in a state of pissed off, anger, victimhood. No, you are no. not going to help anybody from that no. place. Yeah. So get your shit together on your own. Clean up your own side of the street before you start taking care of the neighbors. Absolutely. And like, you know, I think Mother Teresa or somebody else said this before. It's like, I'm not anti-war. I'm pro-peace. Those are two completely yes. different things, right? They it's are. Like you can be anti-war. And if you're anti-war, you're just getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And you are just adding more fuel to the fire. Or you can be yep. pro-peace and be a peaceful person. But that peace first starts with your own heart. Because if there is no peace in your own heart, you have no, no peace to give to anybody else. Absolutely. And if yeah. you follow the law of attraction and quantum physics and all of this, you know that rallying against something is just making it more Strong. prominent. It's Absolutely. just making it stronger. Uh, yeah. So yes, be pro-peace, be pro-love, uh, spread <laughs> kindness, spread joy, all of that. And, uh, you know, be yourself, be true to yourself. I think that's, there's a huge life lesson in that. And I think that's something that comes both with maturity as well as actual mindfulness meditation and questioning where your, your beliefs come from. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think the number one thing, if I would say that like that has changed my business and grown my business is the ability to question everything that's happening right now. Like not getting married to anything or the state, uh, <coughs> anything has just been like a really powerful practice. So great place to start for sure. <laughs> absolutely. All right, Kate, I know it's getting really late for you, but this has been so wonderful. I think this has been one of our longest podcast episodes so far. Um, no, no, no. I'm so glad because I, I feel like this was such a wonderful conversation. So thank you so much for joining me. Do you have any kind of parting words of wisdom for the humans before we leave? For the humans, uh, spread peace and joy. Do what's best for you. If uh, you're just getting started out and you're not already working with Sata, um, please feel free to reach out or visit me at sixfigurefreelancers.com. I love that. And it, are you uh, are you active on social media at all or is your website the best place to find you? Um, I'm semi-active on Twitter right now. I'm kind of re-falling in love in Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram, but I don't actually personally spend much time in there. I, I check my DMs a couple times a week. Um, so I'm on all of the platforms, uh, sure. but I'm not like actually scrolling the feed most of the time, except for Twitter. Right. I do a little doom scrolling. I got really into the shrimp guy yesterday. Um, <laughs> but then I have to try to like turn it off for a while. So yeah, website is usually a little bit better if you actually want to have a conversation. Beautiful. So yes, go everyone go uh, find Kate on her website. This was just so great. Uh, my team will put all the links to find you uh, on the internet down below, uh, below this video and this audio on the, in the show notes. So you can go find Kate there. But thank you so much. This was so wonderful. And I, I look forward to staying in touch so that we can, you know, get to know each other a lot more as well. But we'll this meet up on the road in six months or oh a year, God. right? Yes. So I, I mean, I need to know where you are in the world though. So I think <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to make sure that I stay in touch with you to find out. Uh, but yeah, mm -hmm. if you're ever in Asia or if I'm ever in your neck of the woods, I'll definitely let you know and then we can hang out in person. <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. Thank you for having me and uh, go forth and stay safe. You too. <laughs> See ya. Bye.
Thanks for joining us on this week's episode. If you want to learn how to hit your first $25,000 month in your freelance business, join us for our free training at satyapurna.com training. That's all for now. See you in the next episode.